Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrow with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, April 20th, 2023. We're going to be talking about that SpaceX Starship launch from Southern Texas in just a minute. But right for now, I want to uh, talk about the housekeeping. Uh, we managed to dodge the latest cycle of storms so the vid chat for tomorrow afternoon is on as scheduled so you know the routine everybody please get your comments and questions submitted no later than 10 o'clock u.s central time tonight um, and please remember to try and keep your comments and questions uh, rather short and concentrated and also remember one submission per member uh, we've already had some submissions so tomorrow is going to be an interesting vid chat we had a really good one the last time which was a makeup vid chat and it looks like we're going to have another good one for tomorrow i'll be there early for a little pre-chat uh, some members have been complaining about the lack of our old pre-chat uh, so I'm going to try and be there tomorrow for a little bit of that as well. Anyway, let's get down to SpaceX. Uh, I went to bed before the launch, so I watched it on YouTube on the recordings. And of course, like everybody else, watched it blow up. Um, now, rockets blowing up on launch or shortly after, as we know and sadly know, are not a new thing. They've been doing this since the 1950s. All of those films, if you've ever seen them, of NASA's rockets exploding on the launch pad in the early days of the space race. So it's not a new thing. It's not unexpected. You have to literally test these things and submit them to the stresses of a launch and watch your telemetry very carefully to make sure that uh, if the rocket does fail, you know how and why it failed. So I want to talk today about the SpaceX Starship versus the Saturn V. The Saturn V, as many of you know, was the big booster that NASA used during the Project Apollo era. I found an article over at Orbit.com and I'll post this article for you and in the News and Views article because this is a relatively good article that compares Elon Musk's SpaceX Starship to the old Saturn V booster. I want to read some of this to you and then I want to ask a very significant question uh, that really bothers me. I don't know if it bothers any of you, but it bothers me about this launch and its failure that we just saw from Texas. So first of all, the comparison of the two with regards to size, height, and thrust here is what really intrigues me. So I'm skipping several paragraphs into this article. The article itself is titled Starships, uh, Starship versus Saturn V, Choosing a Winner. So uh, skipping several paragraphs in, listen to this. And I didn't know any of this about the actual design concept behind SpaceX's Starship. It's rather breathtaking when it gets right down to it. Quote, the Starship crew 
will contain 1,100 cubic meters of pressurized space with crew quarters for 100. Common areas, warehouses, a kitchen, and a solar flare shelter for the crew. The Starship tanker will be able to repeatedly refuel the ship in orbit, and the lunar lander will be able to transport crew and cargo from Earth orbit to the Gateway Lunar Station, land on the lunar surface, and return to the station. Saturn V can only be compared directly versus Starship cargo, but even here, the possibilities of the latter are much higher. It will be able to fly far beyond Earth's orbit, land, landing and taking off from the Moon and other planets. Skipping a paragraph. Is Starship bigger than Saturn V? They are almost the same size. Starship is 10 meters taller, but 1 meter smaller in diameter. On the other hand, standing taller, Starship accommodates a payload module with a height of 18 meters and a volume of 1,100 cubic meters, which can accommodate both crew and cargo. And this is the largest useful volume among all former, present, and currently developed space installations. Is Starship heavier than Saturn V? The Starship is heavier than the Saturn V by over 100 tons in dry weight, excluding fuel. However, this parameter calls for clarification. The Starship's total mass includes the super-heavy booster and spacecraft without payload, while with the Saturn V, we are looking at the net mass of the rocket without the Apollo spacecraft. But even taking into account Apollo's weight, 44 tons, the Starship is still significantly heavier. How much more powerful is Starship than Saturn V? Here we need only to compare Starship Super Heavy versus Saturn V booster. For the booster to deliver 220 tons to low Earth orbit, which is exactly how much a 50-meter steel Starship spacecraft loaded to its capacity weighs, it was equipped with 33 Raptor 2 engines with a total thrust. This just absolutely boggles my mind, folks. With a total thrust of 75,315 kilonewtons. <laughs> Jeez. The largest payload that Saturn V carried to low Earth orbit was the 90-ton space station Skylab. For this, 10 engines with a total thrust of 40,000 kilonewtons sufficed. So in other words, the thrust on Elon Musk's uh, super booster is about twice that of the Saturn V. Or to put it in different terms, the Saturn V, if I recall, folks, had about 7,500,000 pounds of thrust at launch. That's any, you know, if you think taking off in a 747 or an Airbus A380 uh, puts you on the back of your seat, uh, that's nothing. You're de <laughs> you're you're dealing with thrust that's orders of magnitude much, much heavier than that. But imagine that. 
if you're doubling the thrust, that's almost 50, 15 million pounds of thrust. And that's the part that we're going to get back to my question in just a minute. Uh, concerning the reusability, in this regard, Saturn V's age plays against it. In the 1960s, people still had no hope for reusing rocket engines. Such an opportunity arose only in the early 1980s when NASA managed to develop reusable solid propellant side boosters for its space shuttle. But the matter did not progress any further. SpaceX began testing the return of its first stage for reuse in 2013 and has greatly succeeded with this endeavor. To date, the company claims that Falcon 9 first stage can be reused from 5 to 10 times, which significantly reduces launch costs. Now that 5 to 10 times is interesting to me because what it's telling me is the reusability has a shelf life. And that shelf life is dependent on the massive stresses that a craft undergoing launch undergoes. And we'll see in the case of the SpaceX here in just a minute that this is the source of my question. What are the costs? Well, quote, to date, Saturn V remains not only the most powerful, but also the most expensive launch vehicle in the world. $50 billion was spent on its development, taking into account the devaluation of the U.S. dollar today. And one launch cost $1.3 billion. According to Elon Musk, about $5 billion has been spent on the creation of the Starship as of now, and its launch will cost less than any rocket on the planet, only about $2 million. And again, that boggles my mind, that that, that massive rocket was so inexpensive, comparatively speaking, to launch. This is perhaps the last and most solid argument in favor of Starship compared to the Saturn V. And that's the article, folks. Now, as I said, I have questions about the launch, and the questions are fueled by the, not to coin a pun, fueled by the fact that they're saying that SpaceX's Falcon stage has a reusability shelf life of about 5 to 10 launches. Um, during the launch, if you watched it from Texas, the launch appeared to go well, and the rocket appeared to be more or less on course for the first part of the launch. Then, at a certain point, at a certain altitude above the Earth, I think it was above a kilometer, um, it may have been much more than that, 10 or 15, somewhere in there. But at a great height above the Earth, the booster was then supposed to perform a maneuver, and that maneuver consisted quite literally, as the rocket is flying, of pivoting, so to speak, and turning around 180 degrees as the booster engines were still still. Uh, on and this is what really grabbed my attention and if you watch the launch it was while the rocket was performing this maneuver which was necessary they say in order to launch the starship capsule itself which had been mated onto the rocket for a test which would have had the second 
stage ignition had the rocket not failed. And then that part of the craft was designed to go continue into low Earth orbit and or possibly onto the moon. So in other words, this pivot of the booster, they're saying was necessary to that mission. Now, this is where I have my questions. Because, of course, no such maneuver was ever performed by Apollo. A similar maneuver was performed by the space shuttle after launches when the shuttle quite literally had to do a roll as it was being launched in order to right the shuttle in proper attitude once it reached orbit. And again, that roll is what placed immense stress not only on the side booster, but on the central uh, fuel tank, and as well as on the space shuttle itself. It was not, I stress and hasten to add, it was not a maneuver designed to turn the vector or the trajectory of the rocket 180 degrees as the engines were still flying. Now, this is where I have my difficulty, because if you watch the launch, and this is the way it was described. I'm not trying to invent a maneuver here. The, the way the launch was described, or that maneuver was described from what I heard, well, and I may be misunderstanding it, but from what I heard, this is the maneuver it was supposed to perform. After it attempted to perform it, you did see that the, the booster had turned around about 180 degrees, but it kept turning and rotating. In other words, it was not able to arrest the spin, and as it continued to tumble, it finally just blew up. And this is where I have my question. How do you construct a rocket sufficiently strong enough to understand, or pardon me, to withstand all the stresses that is going to be put on that booster and on its engines executing a maneuver like that without blowing the thing up? This is what bothers me here. Uh, I'm not seeing anywhere in the explanation or literature that I've been able to consult how they're planning to overcome this stress requirement. And my other question is, and, and it's the obvious one, is a human being strapped into a rocket that's going to generate 75,000 kilonewtons of thrust, is, is a person strapped into that rocket even going to be able to survive? Um, to survive the launch process itself? Obviously, SpaceX thinks that they will be able to, but um, I just have to wonder why they're so confident. Have they tested people in centrifuges against that kind of thrust? You know, what, what's going on here? So that's what bothers me about this launch. Um, this whole maneuver thing seems to me, on, on the first glance, unnecessary. And secondly, if you're going to execute it, why execute it as the rocket engines themselves are still in their burn? This, this makes no sense to me. So if you share your con uh, these concerns or any other concerns about the launch, please post them in the comments because I'd like to read what everybody else is thinking about this launch. Anyway, don't forget, <clears throat> tomorrow we do have 
the vid chat that will be at it's scheduled at 2 p.m i'm probably going to start earlier folks but i am going to be there early in time for some pre-chat and post-chat please don't forget to try and keep your questions focused and and rather limited in their length and remember one submission per member please and we'll see everybody tomorrow during the vid chat and that's it for our news and views today well, bye bye everybody and god bless we'll see you on the flip side